What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. It is Friday. Michelle Majuk is here. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. I'm living life. I got my mimosa as usual. It's Friday. Uh, the Steelers <laughs> suck so bad. And, you know, I had a dreadful night, but I woke up with a positive attitude. I'm very sorry that your Steelers lost to two two and ten teams at home in two straight weeks. It's I mean, so I... bad. My wife is wearing a 49ers sweatshirt today because she said <clears throat> she wanted to wear merchandise of a winning team. Let's go. She's in an homage sweatshirt. Yeah, she is. My beautiful. She's wearing my beautiful 49ers homage sweatshirt that I typically uh, wear. So I went with this one today, but they've been winning with me wearing this sweatshirt and with you wearing that one. So we yep. got to stick with it. Amen. You got the old school 49ers logo. You got to stick with it when it's working. If you want to check out uh, these sweatshirts or anything else that Amish has, I've been wearing the Tech Mobile stuff. Just click the link in the description of this episode. Very nice. Um, and I just look at your Steelers and I just think like, man, this is why we have to appreciate what the Steelers have like two good offensive players. One, two good. The Niners have all pros everywhere this is such a like we're so numb to it but this is such a freakishly good team and i just hope that people can appreciate that yeah i mean there's nothing to not appreciate about what the 49ers are doing right now and maybe you do i mean there's been some bad 49ers years though right so you guys should be able to appreciate this but the 49ers team is just yeah widely stacked compared to especially when you compare them to the steelers roster right now so Niners obviously coming off a big win against the Philadelphia Eagles and a couple of things just kind of like dawned on me that, that I think apply going forward, not just to Seattle, but to every game going forward. There is no longer an area of this offense where you could say, well, they can't do that. Right. For example, if you like the Eagles tried to do last week, if you put five guys on the defensive line and load up the middle of the field, that's fine. Cause Purdy's just going to chuck it to Ayuk on the outside or Jennings on the outside, and they're going to move down the field anyway. Purdy was five of five for 47 yards and a touchdown on outbreaking routes against the Eagles. Like, no matter what you do to try and stop the 49ers, you are leaving yourself vulnerable somewhere, and Kyle Shanahan will find it and take advantage of it. Do you want to know a fun little stat? We want to just start with a fun stat for the day? Always. So the 49ers have won seven games this season by 18 plus points. So, you know, we're 12 games through the season for the 49ers. There've only been three teams since 1970 to have seven plus wins of 18 plus points to the first 12 games of a season. That was the 2007 Patriots, the 1999 Rams and the 1984 Dolphins, which by the way, they all played in the Super Bowl that year and they all had the NFL MVP quarterback on the roster that year. Now I will say the Cowboys this year have also had seven wins. So they both are doing it, but one of the 49ers, 18 plus wins were against those Cowboys. So that mm-hmm. I feel like that feels pretty important here. Yeah. And go, please. I'm begging you out there. Go compare the 49ers and the Cowboys schedules. Please yeah. do. Cause the first time, the next time the Cowboys beat a team over 500 will be the first time. Okay. Let's just say that now. I got to get to this comment. Jay McCallan says, Michelle, are you finally going to put some respect on the Niners secondary? Love this show with both of you guys. Steve Wilkes went out of his way to praise the secondary yesterday in his press conference. They have been awesome, Michelle. 
oh, they've been awesome. But I don't think that's a fair comment, right? Because they weren't awesome. They weren't playing awesomely. Now they are. So yes, now that they are playing well, I will put respect on them, especially Traverius Ward. He is Ooh. looking so good. He has stepped up. Like he, during that three losing game stretch, he, teams were targeting him. They were bullying him and he was losing those matchups. Now, I don't know what he's changed or what he's done, but he's stepped up and he's covering these top guys on opposing offenses and doing an amazing job. And I think that switch with Isaiah Oliver no longer, you know, playing as many snaps, that's been a huge switch. But yeah, they look so much better. Do you think it has anything to do with, uh, you know, the DC on the sidelines? <laughs> no, I don't. I think because, it has. I mean, it's weird timing, right? All of a sudden, the defense is uh, killing it. I think it has everything to do with one, getting rid of a really bad player, just literally removing him from the sideline and two, replacing him with Ambry Thomas, who has been really, really good. And Diamondor Lenore, we should give credit to him for moving, being able to move to the inside in those situations. I think they basically, they subtracted a bad player. They added a, a really good player. And I think that strengthens the whole secondary. And they figured out like, Hey, we got to match up our pass rush with our secondary. And they've done both of those things, and it's been phenomenal. This defense, in general, has allowed 10.5 points per game since the bye week. Because remember, the Seahawks uh, touchdown they scored was a pick six, so that doesn't go on the defense. So it's 10.5 points per game since the bye week. No, they're, they've been absolutely killing it. They, that's That was a weird thing during that stretch, was right? It, you knew the offense would get back on track. You knew that wasn't going to be a problem, but the defense was giving up yardage to like the most ridiculous players and teams and you're like what is happening like this is not the 49ers defense it's nice to see them back and against this matchup against the Seahawks I mean they've outscored the Seahawks by 64 points and they have a plus seven turnover differential over their last four matchups against them so all since the start of last year including the playoffs so they've been destroying Seahawks I mean they're averaging 30 points per game against them the Seahawks are averaging 14 points per game in those matchups the time of possessions nearly 10 plus four minutes per game for the 49ers and the Seahawks over those four matchups so I just expect this to be another downright like they're gonna beat them by 20 points again the Niners have outscored Seattle 120 to 54 in their last four games uh that includes the playoffs I just went back before the show and I was like, you know what? Let me rewatch the Thanksgiving game just to refresh my memory. They killed them. They killed them on offense. They just went right down the field. The first two or three drives, the Niners were averaging more than 10 yards per play in the game. The Seahawks offense was doing nothing. They did an excellent job of rushing as a unit and just basically they would push the pocket back and then they would squeeze and there was nowhere for Geno Smith to go. They had six sacks in the game. I believe Four of them were on third down. So they killed drives when they needed to. They got sacks when they needed to. And honestly, like I know that the Seahawks fans are like really encouraged because they put up a lot of points on the Cowboys. You ain't playing the Cowboys this week. And I think the Niners are going to smoke them. Are you any bit nervous about, you know, the coming off of such a high emotional game last week and traveling. Could this be a letdown game? One of those games where they're just, they used up all their emotion last week and that was their huge game that they were focusing on. Maybe this week they come back home. They, you know, they're not as intense because they got the win. Are you worried about that at all? I'm, I think that could 
manifest itself, but I don't think it'll be a complete game long thing. I think if the Niners come out slow, I think that's, that would be my reason why I could see that being a thing, but I don't think that's going to last the whole game, especially because they're at home. You know, the crowd's going to be going nuts at home. And also the Niners can clinch a playoff spot this week. They still have that carrot out there. That's not nothing. Now they need either the Vikings or the Packers to lose, which might not be likely considering I think they're playing the Giants and the Raiders, but you know, it could happen. And so I, you know, there's a little bit of business left for the Niners. So I, I think that even if they are a little sluggish and get off to a slow start, I still don't think that's going to be enough to save Seattle. What is the Cowboys uh, Eagles game? Is it Sunday night? Uh, off the top of my head, for some reason, I don't know. I think it is, but let me check really that's quick. That's going to be huge, right? So if the 49ers can pull out this win, are you going to be the biggest Cowboys fan you've ever been in your life? Yes, it is Sunday night. And yes, I will be. I mean, because the rest of their schedule is pretty easy, right? The rest of the Eagles schedule, you can't really depend on a loss. This is the one game that they could get the loss. I think like, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to be the biggest Cowboys fan. Literally, Nick Bosa said yesterday, I hope the Cowboys watch our film because we put out the blueprint on how to stop Jalen Hurts. Okay. And he also said Jalen Hurts looks at the rush every single play. So Bosa kind of hammered the Eagles after the fact there. What does he mean by looked at the rush every single play? Like he stopped looking down the field for receivers. He was looking at. Oh, he was looking to run. Okay. 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 I got you. Yeah. I don't. Your boy Jalen Hurts. Not great this year. He's been playing. I mean, he was in the MVP conversation just right before this game. Like, let's relax. His stats are great. He shouldn't have been in the MVP conversation. But I also also remember he's playing through a knee injury that he probably should have missed a lot of time with. But yeah, nobody else in the NFL is playing through injury, though. So that's why we should really feel bad for Jalen Hurts. I just don't understand how he has the second most touchdowns in the league right now. And you're like, he's playing so bad. Like, okay, he lost a game. He lost a game against a really, really good team, which... You know, most Super Bowl winners do, by the way. So let's relax. I don't like this cockiness coming from you right now. You're not coming after my boy, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I am. He's amazing. Amazing. He threw for 33 yards in the first half against Buffalo the other day. Amazing. Yes. And then what did he do in the second half? Are we just going to ignore that he came back? I mean, Does does that not count? When all of those yards and touchdowns he threw in the second half and win the won the game, that that doesn't count. No, he played well in the second half, but the first oh. half counts too. So I'm just oh, thinking, okay. They all okay. count. They all count. You know, we like to only look at the last thing that we saw, right? We, There's we, no reason to be a hater just because your team's better, right? The 49ers are better. Brock Purdy is playing out of his mind, and I do want to talk about Brock Purdy should be the MVP leader of the competition right now right now i'm not saying that he deserves to win it already but right now he should be in first place considering if you're considering who would win it if the season ended right now it should be brock purdy and i'm sick of anyone saying it shouldn't be Ooh, okay well i want to get into that real quickly i just got to read this comment from nick eller youtube channel member michelle when juan jennings scored were you excited the game was over or did you say niner fans are going to be relentless and cook me about that touchdown no, no, I'm always excited when the I I don't hate Juwan Jennings. I just think they have been using him less this year, and that's what they needed to do. Utilize Debo, CMC, Kittle, Ayuk first, and then when you know those guys, you know Jennings gets open, makes a nice play, you can use him then. I was just getting annoyed when they were giving him like five targets a game. Get out of here. <laughs> you still hate his guts it's fine you could say it. he just trucked the guy out of the way ran for a touchdown it was a very special play he looked great he looked great i'll give him that credit 
it absolutely did put the game away also. So credit yes. to him. Also remember the last time Juwan Jennings played the Seahawks, he had that catch on third down where he broke like four tackles and got the first down. Remember he was short of the sticks and he broke every time he makes a play. I text Michelle just to, to get her mad, but okay. Uh, let's get into the Purdy MVP stuff. Cause Levin and I got into it. He thinks it should be that Purdy should be in the conversation, but he probably wouldn't give it to him, but I think he's gotta be in the conversation now. There's yeah. So I feel like people think, Oh, just cause he has these weapons, he shouldn't be considered. Right. But what Brock Purdy is doing is historical. Like he's doing things that only the best of quarterbacks have done or no quarterback has done. Right. So Purdy has four games this year with 140 plus passer rating. No other player in the league has more than two. And he has four that is tied for the most starts with 140 plus passer rating in a single season in NFL history. It's not just in the first 12 weeks, any single season. And he's already there tied for the most by any quarterback in a single season with that many games. The other guys who have done it with four Aaron Rodgers in 2011, Tom Brady in 2010 and Tom Brady in 2007. Those are the only other three instances. And guess who all won MVP that season? Aaron Rodgers that year, Tom Brady in those two years, right? Not Purdy bad. has five career starts with 140 plus passer rating, most in the NFL since the start of last year, most by any quarterback ever over their first two seasons. And he barely even played last year. He didn't, he only started those five games at the end of last season. And he, Beat that record. He has a 132.6 passer rating at home this year. Third best passer rating at home in a single season since at least 1950. Behind only Drew Brees in 2018 and Aaron Rodgers in 2014. By the way, Aaron Rodgers won MVP that year. And right behind Brock Purdy for the fourth best year was Aaron Rodgers in 2011. By the way, he won MVP that year. He Brock Purdy's passer rating at home since the start of last year, 132.7 is 22 points higher than any other quarterback at home. The next closest to him is Tua at 110 and then Dak at 110 at home. And Brock is at 132. What he's doing is absurd. And I don't want to hear it's yards after the catch or because guys are wide open because I have these stats and they're a little small. So bear with me here. I'm going to lean in. All right. Oh, okay. When we talk about wide open uh, targets, he's at 22.2%, about like 10th highest in the league among quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is at 28.4. So 6% higher. So Patrick Mahomes is throwing to more wide open guys than Brock Purdy this year. He was last year as well. Purdy is averaging 8.1 air yards per attempt this year. That's the same amount as Josh Allen this season. Tied for eighth highest among all quarterbacks with 300 plus pass attempts. Mahomes is at 6.9. We're just again comparing him to who won the MVP last year. Mahomes won MVP last year and he led the league in passing yards from throws under 10 air yards with 80% of those yards coming from yards after the catch. Purdy's at 75% this year. And he's not even close to leading the league in yards from under 10 air yards. Like he's throwing intermediate a ton. Purdy has is getting 28% of his yards from after the catch on intermediate deep throws. That is the second most in the NFL this year. But guess who led all the quarterbacks in that category last year? Patrick Mahomes, right? And he won MVP and no one complained about that when all of his guys were getting yards after the catch for him. Because guess what? You have to put the ball in the correct place for yards after the catch, especially on those intermediate and deep throws like that. You have to have the right placement for them and not any quarterback can just do it. Brock Purdy right now deserves the MVP award. 
And if he was picked in the first round or the second round, he would easily round, win. He yeah. would easily win it. But people don't want to give up on the fact that, you know, he was drafted in the last pick in the draft, so he can't possibly be doing what he is doing. But he is. And we watch it every single week. There's like it, there's no shortage of stats that you could pull up to justify giving him the award. Mike Sando had a great column in The Athletic all about just crushing all the, the anti-Purdy narratives, including yards after catch percentage, including EPA per play. Like every possible angle that you could want to go to discredit, Mike Sando was like, no, we, we, we're not judging him the same way we have judged other MVP candidates in the past. Yep. And so, look, you know, whatever, just keep doing what you're doing. They asked Brock about all the MVP talk yesterday, and he kind of just, you know, oh, shucks, you know Brock Purdy. Just, oh, you know, I'm just going to study and prepare. And then he's going to get out there in the field and start throwing touchdowns and banging his chest and doing all that stuff that he does. Yeah, the thing is he's doing, he's putting up all these stats, right, and all these numbers, and and Christian McCaffrey is getting a lot of touchdowns. That's great. But he's also getting Christian McCaffrey in position to score a lot of these touchdowns. You could say Christian McCaffrey is stealing these touchdowns from him, right? <laughs> he could have even have more. Like I don't want to take away what Christian McCaffrey has done for this team. He's been incredibly important. And without all these pieces, no, Brock Purdy wouldn't be as great. But that's what you get out of a lot of these MVP seasons. It's because they have good weapons. I mean, if they didn't, they wouldn't be doing as well, right? They have guys that can get those yards after the catch that can make great plays. You need help. You can't do it all by yourself, but I do just think Brock Purdy in this offense is one of the best guys that you could have. He's doing everything that you need him to do and that you could ask for. He's doing everything that we've wanted 49er quarterbacks to do for a very long time in this offense. Reynolds Mortgage and Real Estate, thank you very much for the donation. They're a YouTube channel member. We love all our YouTube channel members. If you want to become one, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis. You get membership badges. You get priority comment response. I also just discovered a new feature that might let me give uh, early access to certain things to some of our YouTube channel members. So it's a perfect time to get on board if you want to support the channel. J. Cruz 49er says, what the hell is passer rating? How's that stat even calculated? Such a nerd stat. You're really a nerd. Not, I mean, it's a pretty normal stat. I feel like it's used always. I mean, that's like one of the basic stats you see on a box score uh, thing. It just takes into account how many pass attempts you had, how many completions, and then for how many yards you got with it, right? So if you went 26 for 27, great, your completion percentage is super high. But say you had 100 passing yards and everything was going super low, that would lower your passer rating a bit. And then it also takes into account your passing touchdowns and your interceptions. And then there's a the little formula that goes with that, but it, it does just take into account the normal stats, which we are capable of looking at more than just yards and touchdowns. I know that might be, that's what it does take. And it does just pretty much take into account yards, touchdowns, and then looks at how many attempts and completions you had. Antonio says it's frustrating how advanced stats debunk all the narratives Brock faces, yet no one is willing to do the research to learn. I think some are, but I think also like you also have Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, who is having a hell of a season. Like, let's not pretend like he isn't, you know, so there's other competition out there. And it's going to be interesting for Dallas because. They're going to have Dak is going to have his shot to really put the stranglehold because I do think that the award is his to lose this year because I think that people everybody likes Dak. I mean, he's he's a great guy. He plays for the Dallas Cowboys and they play. They beat Seattle on Thanksgiving. They play Philly 
They play Buffalo. They play Miami. Those are their next three games back to back to back. So if Brock, um, if Dak has good games against those guys, the whole like, well, the Cowboys haven't played anybody narrative is going to go out the door. So I think it's Dak's to lose. But if Brock keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to be right there at the end of the day. Yeah, it's kind of weird, though, because what Dak did nothing for the first five weeks of the season. And I feel like everyone just kind of threw away Brock Purdy because of three uh, yep. three game stretch that wasn't as great but Dak had that to start the year five game stretch as I said all of it counts everything counts the whole year counts so yeah I do agree that people because again it was like well Brock can't really be doing what he's doing because that conflicts with what I thought about him so we're gonna wait wait ignore 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 oh now he's lost some games okay now I could pounce see I was right all along I'm so smart I'm a genius yeah I, I, I agree with you that Dak Prescott it should be considered. He's having a hell of a year. I mean, after starting in week six, it's, it's been great. <laughs> it, it really has been. And he's been impressing me, right? Like he, he, he also has a lot of weapons, but like I just talked about with Brock Purdy, you need to have those to right. succeed. And he's hitting CD lamb where he needs to hitting Brandon cooks using Jake Ferguson. Like they're, they're doing a good job. Right. And even with Mike McCarthy, he hasn't, he, he's made Dak Prescott even look better than what, they had last year with, uh, what's his name? Keelan. No, Kellen, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Yeah. So I don't want to talk anymore about Dak Prescott. Okay. Forget Dak Prescott. I hope that the Cowboys win this week. And then he goes into a shell and just completely bombs for the next two weeks. Let's get into some of the other aspects of this game. Cause I think honestly, the only way the Niners lose is turnovers defensively. I'm not scared of, any weapon that the Seahawks have. When I rewatched that game, Mooney Ward was awesome on Thanksgiving against the Seahawks. He was awesome against DK Metcalf. I have no reason to believe that won't happen again. I just, I just don't see it unless the Niners turn the ball over and set Seattle up with short fields. I don't see how consistently the Seahawks are going to be able to move the ball down the field on offense enough to outscore the 49ers. Remember, they only moved the ball downfield the last time they played because Jackson Smith and Jigba made this fantastic one-handed diving catch. Other than that, they didn't do anything. Yeah, that was, I mean, and he led the team in receiving yards in that game. It was 41, and that was like pretty much the one play, right? So they held both Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to a combined 62 receiving yards, six receptions on 14 targets. That. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I will say, I guess your biggest worry is Smith and Jigba. They did start to get him more involved last week. 11 targets, seven receptions. Like he is very talented. He is talented. Maybe that's the one guy you worry about if Ward is covering up on DK and doing his thing like he did a couple weeks ago. It's wild because DK Metcalf went berserk last week after doing nothing against the 49ers. And Duran Bland and that secondary is pretty good for the Cowboys, but they couldn't cover them so I think that makes what Ward did even more impressive a couple weeks ago I want to see that again for sure but also both of the Seahawks running backs are banged up right now Ken Walker's missed the last couple games I'm not sure if he'll be back Zach Charbonnet got an injury last week he's limited in practice or missing so they might be down to their third uh running back his name is DJ Dallas is that yeah, it DJ, yes DJ Dallas not good he's not good yeah, I don't care if Zach Charbonnet plays either. I'm not shaking in my boots yeah. over Zach. No, Charbonnet. but I mean, it really limits them without if they don't have Walker or Zach Charbonnet. That's pretty crazy. Mark Pelkey says, I really feel like this is finally our year because Kansas City is down. Injuries will be the only thing to worry about. 
that goes for everybody. But yes, I do agree. When the Niners are not at 100%, they are clearly not as good as they could be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know Chris Sims has said he doesn't expect the Niners to lose again this season, yeah. including playoffs, like, which would be an incredible run. It would be, excuse me, nine straight, I believe, if they went out in the regular season and then the playoffs. Look, we saw him go into the playoffs last year on a 10-game winning streak, so let's not act like it can happen. But uh, if, if we are at the beginning of that right now, like, my goodness, just think about that for a second. We could be at the beginning of an epic win streak that culminates in a championship. The only game that you're probably worried about is the Ravens, right? On Christmas Day. But it's yep. at home. If it was in Baltimore, maybe you're a lot more worried. But with it being, I, I do think that game will be close. It'll be the toughest game they have. I'll say, I just want them to get by this game because I want to just make sure we don't have that down game. We see it all the time, right? Teams that are better than other teams lose when they shouldn't. <laughs> Uh, it, it happens every single week in the league where you are certain that this team is going to destroy this team. And then the other team ends up winning. It happens nearly every single week. So this could be the 49ers game where they just have a letdown. It's a trap game, right? Against a division rival who they just lost a close game against Dallas. They're probably really angry. This is a must win game for the Seahawks, right? They're trying to stay in the playoff picture. 49ers are coming off this huge emotional win. I do say besides the Ravens game, I they do need to get by this game. It's either going to be a blowout or the 49ers are going to lose. Like That's the only way I can see it. Either the 49ers beat them like by 20 points or somehow the 49ers just have a huge letdown and lose. I think next week might be more of a letdown game. I know they're coming off the emotional Eagles game, but it's still Seattle. A lot of those players remember how Seattle used to wipe the floor with them, even when the Niners were really good. It's at home, like you said. I think they'll be okay. But then they play the Cardinals the week after. And then it's and then you've also got the Ravens game the week after that. So maybe they're looking ahead to Baltimore a little bit. So this week I feel like they should be able to handle it. But you're right. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the 49ers beat the Seahawks as they should? And then the Eagles lose to the Cowboys. And then the 49ers lose to the lose Cardinals to the, the very next week. <laughs> like there's <laughs> no way that could happen. That would be the most that would be so sad and deflating. I agree. That's true. That would be, you'd get the little vein in my forehead bouldering, but I do. You're right. You're going to get, this is like Seattle in the, the death knell of their season. They're super desperate. Now they're six and six. They're on a three game losing streak. They also play the Eagles next week. So they're probably not going to win that game either. So you're there really like in you, you're going to get desperate Seattle. I think you're going to get some sort of fake punt or some sort of craziness. Cause Pete Carroll's going to do it chewing this stupid gum on the sidelines. You're I think get a- that happened last year against the 49ers. Didn't they do the fake punt with uh, Homer, Travis Homer? And he yeah, went and he got like four yards or something. Yeah, I do recall that. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. All right, uh, let's get to our best bets for the week. I've got three best bets. Two of them, like, I was stunned. Two of them, as soon as I saw them and found them, I ran to DraftKings and bet them immediately. So I we feel might pretty- have the same. I feel pretty confident in these, but I always like to give you a first go and you can tell us your first fastball guaranteed best bet. Okay. Cause I feel like you're going to steal one of these. I got to decide which one to go with before you steal it. I'm going to go with Devo Samuel uh, over 68 and a half rush plus receiving yards. Oh yeah. I'm doing the total yards, total scrimmage yards, 68 and a half. Fun little nugget here. Samuel has averaged 126.7 scrimmage yards per game in his six career games against the Seahawks, including the playoffs. Most by a wide receiver versus any team 
versus any opponent in the Super Bowl era. Minimum six games played. Holy hell. Yeah. Uh, Samuel has never had fewer than 94 scrimmage yards in a game against the Seahawks. And that was just in week 12. That was his lowest. (laughs) So these are his scrimmage yards in games against the Seahawks. 94, 165, 97, 157, 135, 112. And all he needs is 68 and a half. He's had 94 each of the last two weeks, 138 last week, smashing, smashing that over. So that's close to the one I was going to pick, but I'm you convinced me for much of the same reason. Debo owns the Seahawks in his career. Now he hasn't always been active. He's actually missed a lot of games against the Seahawks specifically, but when he has played, he destroys them. And the best bet that I went with was over the 50 and a half receiving yards. Cause that's his number for the game. And just looking at the receiving yards for Debo against the Seahawks, he's gone over that 50 in every game except one that he has played against them. He had 112, 102, 156, 44, 133, and 79. So he destroys this team. To me, the receiving number jumped out at me, especially because it's lower than the total yards number, too. So I was like, let me scramble and take this. But he's going to put up numbers against this team. It is a fact. Oh, it's a fact. And the reason why I didn't go with the receiving is because that 144 yard game, right? Like you could see that happening. He breaks off a long run and you're like, ah, shoot. All I needed was 18 rushing yards. But I also think he has at least, I mean, the numbers you just laid out, every game was 79 or more rushing yards. So, or receiving yards, sorry. So even with just the receiving right there, I I hit his rushing plus receiving yards. That's true. And so that I'm just kind of hedging my bets there where it, it could be either yards. I could just root for him to just kill it either way. Right. Yeah. So that's why I went with that. He's that makes sense. That's true. Yeah. He could get, even if he doesn't have a single rushing yard, he could still break your number with just his receiving yards. And I, I just think it's the easiest thing for the Niners to do against the Seahawks, get it to Debo short. They're going to find ways to get him open. And he's just going to run through people. What we saw last week against the Eagles That's vintage Debo. He was a wrecking ball. It reminded me, honestly, I'm old enough to say this. It reminded me of Terrell Owens, just catching the ball, breaking the first tackle and having enough speed to just run through everybody. It's phenomenal. And I think we're going to see that Debo a lot more going forward than we are kind of like the random, like 30 yard receiving game Debo. Yeah, I think last week really was the first week we saw him where he completely looked like his all pro self from the 2021 season. Like he was making those insane missed tackles and just he looked like he had that drive that that was lacking last year. Right. And he admits it. He admits that he did not do as well as he should have. And even for a lot of the season, he's been banged up or like he's not showing that consistently. But seeing that last week and him especially because the Eagles had a target on his back, right? And he put the target on his back with what he was saying. And he mm-hmm. he proved himself. He said, I don't care. I'm not apologizing. I'm going to go kick your butts. And that's exactly what he did. Debo, I mean, he already had a lot of respect from me because he's been great through his career, but he really earned a ton of respect on my end last week. I know he doesn't care about my respect, but I was just really proud of him is all I got to say. JJ00 watching on Twitch. Shout out to everybody on Twitch. I love you. Uh, says, did I see a stat that says Debo already has the most rushing touchdowns all time by a wide receiver? Uh, it's the tied for the most all time. He has the most in the Super Bowl era. He only needs one more. I don't remember who he's tied with. It's some guy back in like the 40s, 50s. He needs one more to break that. And uh, he'll, he'll have the most all time. I can't even I'm trying to think who it might be. It's in my email. I can pull it up when you're talking about your next one. Is it? 
Mostly. You're gonna make me pull it up now, huh? While you're not talking. Yeah, I, I, I now I'm looking. Is it? Because I'm seeing he that he's number one. So if it's not, I want to know who it is. It, because... It's number one in the Super Bowl era. Uh, okay. So we're going back a ways. If you're going pre-Super Bowl, that's you know. Yeah, pre-Super Bowl is 1966. Right. So he's gonna get it. I mean, clearly he's going to get. Yeah, it. Yeah, he only needs one more. He'll probably get it this week, to be honest with you. So. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, go to my best bet while you look that up, my next one. Um, Christian McCaffrey. Wait, no, oh, you're not allowed to take my Christian McCaffrey. It was my turn. Well, I just said I'm going to go, and you said okay. Now, I now, know, but now, now you took my Christian McCaffrey. Is it? Is it the rushing it's, total? It's Bobby Mitchell, by the way, Bobby Mitchell. Oh, is Bobby the, Mitchell from the Lions. Sure. Yeah, okay uh it is the rushing total you can give me yours and i'll i'll, I'll add on after that over 79 and a half rushing yards for christian mccaffrey yeah. if christian mccaffrey has 25 less rushing yards against the seahawks than he normally has he'll still get you the over he, so he didn't even have to play four quarters for you to hit this over three games against the seahawks with the niners 108 119 114 absolutely give me 79 and a half rushing yards. And I actually think the 49ers offensive line as a unit, as we have seen under Kyle Shanahan is starting to get it together a little bit. They're starting to roll. They're starting to run block. And I just think that if he plays three quarters, he's getting this over. Oh, absolutely. And the, the Seahawks defense has really been struggling the last since week nine, they're allowing 150 rushing yards per game. So struggling a ton against the run as of late. Christian McCaffrey, as you mentioned, always destroys the Seahawks. He's never had fewer than 88, no, 87 rushing yards against them in any game he's played against the Seahawks, right? Even with another, would you say? Even with when he was with the Panthers, you're saying? Yes. So these are his rushing yards with the Panthers, 125 and 87. So his lowest was 87 with the Panthers, 125, 87, 114, 108, 119 for rushing yards in his game against the Seahawks. But I have a fun little nugget again like I had for Debo, because they do have a line up there, right? For his total yards, it's all the way up at 114 and a half. So I think that's why we probably both went with his uh, rushing yards at 79 and a half. But the reason why it's so high is because can you just have a ballpark of how many average scrimmage yards per game he averages against the Seahawks in the regular season games? 125. 172.3. Oh my God. <laughs> what? Second most by any player versus any team in the Super Bowl era. Minimum four games. Only less than Eric Eric Dickerson, Hall of Famer. He had 179 average against the Oilers back in the day. But these are his scrimmage yards against the Seahawks. And it, it, this is including the playoff game from last year. 237, 175, 139, 138, 136. So they are putting him at 114. That's still a 20-yard gap. I, I agree with you. I kind of am on the rushing side here more because that's a huge gap, 80 yards compared to 115. Uh, I'll take the rushing yards because I, I expect him to kill it there. But also none, another fun little stat, just against the Seahawks opponents to average the most scrimmage yards per game against the Seahawks all time, minimum five games played against them. Christian McCaffrey, number one. Walter Payton, number two. Debo Samuel, number three. <laughs> <laughs> so two of the three players who torment Seattle more than anyone else are going to yep. be facing them on Sunday on yep. the 49ers. That is a stat. Look at you. 
Thank you. You are you are bringing it strong today. Chris Waddell, thank you very much for the super chat. Says maybe you guys mentioned it, but don't forget that the Seahawks have the same rest advantage over the Niners this week as the Niners had over the Eagles last week. Could yeah. be a bit of a dogfight. That's certainly going to help. The problem is, it's not a problem for us. Niners just have better players. They just have flat out better players at more positions than the Seahawks. And, you know, I remember before the year, there was a lot of chatter about, oh, the Seahawks are coming. Oh, the Seahawks draft class. Watch out for the Seahawks. Brace yourself. Look out. Where are they now? They're six and six. Their season is swirling the toilet right now. They're on their last gasp of relevancy. And it's going to be sweet when the Niners just snuff it out on Sunday. Yeah, and what's wild is the Rams have a better, I feel like, have a better chance of making the playoffs this year than the Seahawks. When looking at their remaining schedule, I feel like I will be way less surprised if the Rams make it than the Seahawks. I actually think the Rams are going to sneak into the playoffs, believe it or not. I, yeah. Matthew Stafford is a really good quarterback still. McVay did not forget how to coach. Cooper Cup is there. I know Puka Nakua is banged up a little bit, but like they still have Cooper Cup. Uh, I think the Rams are going to sneak in. I think the Seahawks, I just don't think they're very, I don't think Geno's that good. I really don't. No, Geno Smith went down. Like, he's not as bad, obviously, as he was with the Jets because he's on a better team. He's with a better coach that knows what situations to put him in. But I never thought they should pay Geno Smith. Like, I understood he kind of earned it, and it stinks. But I don't think he's going to last very long in this team where he's going to – He, you know there's no Super Bowl chances with this dude. Like, you're never right. going to win a Super Bowl with Geno Smith. You're probably never even going to win a playoff game. If you do, it's going to be one. So, I – I, yeah, I didn't get the whole Geno Smith thing. And he definitely is way worse than he was last year. Who could have seen that coming? He did oh. just have a great game. So we're hating on him after just having a really great game against the Cowboys. And he really actually, like, I thought the Cowboys were going to destroy the Seahawks. Geno Smith was on point. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe some of the throws he was making because he hasn't looked good, I thought, for most of this year. I've been like, eh, he's not anything special this year. Last week, though, he was on point. If he's on point like that again this week, then, it, you know, it, it could be a close game. I heard Chris Sims talking. Basically, he was like, the Cowboys just played man coverage every play against the Seahawks. And it's like, Gino can make some big throws, and you're not going to be able to guard DK and Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba man-to-man every single play. You're just not going to be able to. I don't think the Niners will. Uh, seen a couple comments like this from Rick. Rob, I like your hoodie and it's 49ers. It's nice. Also, somebody else earlier in the show asked, oh, there we go. Rob Lane, where did you get that hoodie? Both of these sh shirts, the one I have on, the one Michelle has on, they're homage shirts. If you go to the, click the link in the description of this episode, it'll take you right to their 49ers page. You can buy the sweatshirts. They have a ton of Niners stuff. They also have like stuff from movies back in the day, like movie quotes and stuff. Everything there is super comfortable, super high quality. So I just, wear homage shirts every single day or sweatshirts. I swear to God, like they're the comfiest true. things in the world. And I like, I've already washed the sweatshirt so many times because I wear it so often and still so fuzzy. Still <laughs> so fuzzy. I love so, it. Check it out. Uh, and if you click the link in the description, uh, that'll be good for us. Cause we get a little, we get a little coin of the realm when you do that. So if you are considering it, please click my link. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Okay. Uh, also Rick says, Hey Rob, can I say hi to the faithful in the West in the East and the South and the North? Good morning, faithful. Good afternoon, faithful. Hello. Hello, Rick. We appreciate it. We are everywhere. The faithful are everywhere. One of the few national uh, fan bases in the NFL, and you can see it when the Niners go on the road. Do you have a final best bet for us, Michelle? I do. I'm going to go Brock Purdy over five, uh, 256 and a half passing yards. This one scared yeah. me. 
I know it did because I'm sure you're seeing that, you know, he just went up against the Seahawks and only had 209, right? That was in week 12. He's had at least 270 passing yards in five of the last six games. That one game against the Seahawks is the one that he did not. Now, the reason I'm not scared is because that game was away and this game is at home. Brock Purdy is averaging 308 passing yards per game at home this season. Only 234 in the road. Massive splits, by the 300 way. 300 and what? 308 passing yards per game he's averaging at home. And only 234 on the road. Like, that's a 70-plus yard split. Pretty insane. But these are his games at home. 310, 283, 365, 333. The only time he didn't hit it was against Dallas, 252. So he was only four yards away. But I'm willing to bet. I'm not worried about the Seahawks defense. Again, we think Debo's going to make some big plays. There's going to probably be a lot of yards after the catch again in this game with Debo killing it against the Seahawks, as he always does. Christian McCaffrey killing it as a receiver, as he always does against the Seahawks. I like Brock Purdy over 256 and a half. Aaron Rodriguez with the obligatory. That's Purdy insane. Um, I didn't realize the numbers were that good at home. Man, and the only reason he didn't hit it against Dallas is because they took their foot off the gas because they were kicking the hell out of them after three quarters. Do you want to hear all of his home stats? A 75 completion percentage at home. First in the NFL this year, obviously. 10.6 yards per attempt. That's first. Guys, like 7.5 is good for a quarterback. Eight is really good. You're hitting (laughs) nine. That's amazing. 10.6 yards per attempt he's averaging at home 18 to three pass td interception ratio and again i already mentioned his pass rating at 132.7 20 higher than anyone else these are career starts at home not even just this year his stats this year at home are even more absurd antonio says michelle's giving stats to stats I do appreciate it. Yeah, I'm very statsy today. I'm sorry, but this good like there's so many good ones. There's so many good ones to go through that they get me all excited. Wow. See, I was like scared of that. Now, now I'm thinking like I need to make a bet real quick and just throw that. I should have I should have bet all of them on a parlay, really, because I'm really confident that that's exactly what's gonna happen. If you don't use prize picks, use them because prize picks is awesome and you can do a parlay and make a lot more money than on anything else. There you go. And look around, like I always say that, you know, look around, shop for the best odds. There are different numbers at different places sometimes. So, you know, the house is going to do what they need to do to make their money. So you should do the same. And I'm really like, we don't have a sponsor for price fix, obviously, but I was just saying like, so on price fix, if someone gets injured on your part, could you have to do parlays with price fix? If someone gets injured, it doesn't count against you. It's the only, it's the only app that does that. That's pretty, that's pretty convincing. Have to say. Um, okay. My last best bet, you know, where I'm going, I'm going to the defensive side. I do it all the time because I, I always like those bets where all I need is one play. I need it to happen. One play. For example, last week, if you bet on Javon Kinlaw to get a sack, guess what? Jalen hurts fell down and Javon Kinlaw got the sack. Now he also got another one later in the game, but still like it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be, you know, it could be a fluke thing, but it's just one play. So I always like those two options, Nick Bosa, over 0.75 sacks. So Nick Bosa has to have at least one sack. That's minus 150. I didn't love the minus 150. Yeah. Chase Young, at least a half a sack is minus 105. That made me feel really good. And I believe Javon Hargrave is also uh, minus or uh, over under half a sack in the game. So I think I would either go Hargrave or Chase Young to get at least one sack. But like I said, they had six sacks 
on Thanksgiving when they played them. There's no reason to think they won't be able to get the same amount of pressure this week. And I just think the Niners are going to be up by a bunch. So Gino's going to have to throw and that only increases your chances of getting sacks. So I'm taking, maybe I take both to be honest, but I'm pretty confident in the Niners pass rush to get home. Yeah. The thing with Nick Bosa is that you have to get the full sack. And then also, even if he does end up getting it, you win half of your money, you know, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love that, but I, I like the chase young. It is wild. What, I don't know if it's just a coincidence, but I don't think it is. But since bringing in Chase Young, they have 18 sacks over the last four games. They had 18 total sacks over their first eight games. And so, like, what they're doing now with Chase it's not like Chase Young is stacking up all these sacks, right? Mm -hmm. But I think he's just helping everybody else make their jobs easier compared to maybe Drake Jackson being out there. Has anyone even said the name Drake Jackson since Chase? Like literally, has he been active? Has he been out there? I don't even know, but that's, that's why I was happy to see what the Niners did this week, bringing in Logan Ryan, potentially maybe bringing in Zach Ertz. We don't know who he's going to choose, but they're still out there looking for guys, Michelle. They're still adding. They're still trying to put the cherry on top of this team, which is what you should be doing when you're in Super Bowl or bust mode. 1000%. Yes. Did you see that uh, Ty Davis Price got cut and then they re-signed him back to the practice squad? So now he's back. I can't. Danny, Danny Gray, uh, Ty Davis Price. Um, what's his name? Running back that I really liked. Yeah, Trey Sermon. Thank you for putting that up. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, the, like I don't want to put Jalen Hurd on them. Oh, my God. Remember how obsessed they were every single offseason off about Jalen Hurd? It was obnoxious. And in the fantasy community, everybody was like, Jalen Hurd is the sleeper of the year. It's like, guys, he's never <laughs> he's not going to do anything ever. Yeah, their third round picks. Just give those away, please. Now, luckily, I have a, if you're not watching on the stream, I have a graphic up of the, some of the bad third round picks that they've made. Jalen Hurd, Trey Sermon, Danny Gray, TDP. Cam Latu has been hurt this year. That's not all the third round picks. Jake Moody, obviously, third round pick, has played well since uh, missing the kick in Cleveland. He has rebounded nicely. Also, Ambry Thomas, hello, third round pick, rising from the grave to really make a huge impact on the secondary. That has definitely, you know, taken the sting out of some of these third round swings and misses. Yeah, I mean, it's, it has not ended up mattering at all, right? That's a nice thing. That's why we can laugh about it. It can just be a fun little joke. But honestly, they need to stop taking third-round picks. Like, just trade them. Either use them, because they always have a lot, right? They're really good at getting the compensatory picks and getting those third-rounders. You need to package those and either move up or just keep moving down, because they seem to be much better later on in the draft than they are. That third round is like a curse for them. It's a little dicey at times. Demarcus Dixon says Geno Smith is dealing with a groin injury. I actually hadn't seen that, but if that's the case, then yeah, everybody into the pool for the sack bets, to be honest with you. He was dealing with an injury. I know it was either last week or the week before. He was very questionable to play, and he ended up playing. I think it may have been last week. It was against the Niners, I think. Oh, okay, maybe. But then I think this happened a while ago. I don't think he got hurt last week. No, he was limited yesterday with a groin, apparently. Oh, maybe it happened to The Seahawks have signed Sean Mannion to their practice squad. Oh, okay. Mm, The plot. Oh, my God. If we get to see Drew Locke at quarterback, (laughs) there's going to be five interceptions in this game. If you get to see Drew Locke at quarterback, bet on Sam Darnold to play. 
Because that's probably a thing that's going to happen in the fourth. I actually like, yeah, I don't love that for my Brock Purdy. No, like for all of these players that we need a ton of yards for, we need them to put up something in the defense, not to score five touchdowns, right? right. <laughs> like if Drew Locke is playing, there might be two defensive touchdowns in this game. So I, I think Geno Smith is tough. I think he plays unless it's just like a huge injury this in practice that he like can't even walk. I don't know. Right, and like you said, like they they're desperate. Another loss, basically kills their season so i'm sure he'll gut it out uh john veen youtube channel member says did you see they gave logan ryan tdp's number after he was uh cut and they actually gave him his locker too and then they re-signed ty davis price back to the practice squad and logan ryan gave them back he gave back the number Aww. and he gave back the locker that's a class that's move nice. that's very nice so practice squad people get the normal lockers like apparently oh well, they got to have a locker somewhere right um, yeah, I guess King says, what's up, Rob and Michelle? What's up, King? We appreciate you. Uh, Chris Waddell. Thank you very much for the donation says, did you guys see any Jordan Mason bets? I could see him getting some run this week with Eli Mitchell banged up again. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell gets five carries in the game. Oh, these are, it's like, damn, man, I love you, but God, you are maybe just not meant to play this game. No. And I do think with like the whole, like CMC, like being so good. I kind of do like Jordan Mason being the backup instead of Elijah Mitchell. You don't need those like random huge chance. And also Elijah Mitchell's not really making those right. Those huge plays. Obviously you're never like, Oh, I don't need those huge plays, but I think CMC offers you that. Right. And if you want to give him a break and you just need a guy that, you know, can get three or four yards, Jordan Mason can do that. Right. He's a power back. He, he doesn't stink. He's just a, just a guy. Right. That's what I was saying about him. He's just a guy. <laughs> When we're spelling Christian McCaffrey and the reason why someone's in the game is just to give CMC a rest and you're like, okay, we're going to run first down, but we just need a few yards. I think Jordan Mason's kind of the guy there that they should be leaning on a little bit more. I don't see anything for rushing yards with Jordan Mason. Yeah, I just looked. I didn't see anything, although I was distracted by your sudden praise of Jordan Mason, who you hated. I said he can get three or four yards. That's not praise. He can get three or four yards. Yes, he's just a guy. For the record, you still hate his guts. I don't hate his guts. I just, everyone was like, oh, he's such a sleeper in fantasy. Like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's not. He, I, I think he's better than you think he is. I really do. He runs hard. I certainly think, I agree with you. Like, Elijah Mitchell has not been anything special. And he's just, the fact that he, he can't stay on the field. He, and he never has been able to. It's not like, well. well obviously, the injuries are, like, sneaking yeah. up on him, too, right? Because he's not making those explosive plays anymore. Maybe because he doesn't get as many opportunities. He had a lot of opportunities before this to maybe the percentage is still the same of explosive plays. But I'm sure all these injuries are not helping his body at all, be it his top tier, what yeah. he can be. And, uh, yeah, it might be the last year for Elijah Mitchell with the 49ers. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't see much of a future there. Jordan Mason, by the way, averages almost six yards per carry for his career. Nick Ellert says, Michelle, Jordan Mason gets you four to five yards per carry. Put some respect oh on his name. I should have said four yards. Yeah, he'll get you four to five yards. Okay, so we have mentioned the third round picks. And now in the chat, we just have people throwing out random second and third round picks by the 49ers. Daniel Hohen says Kevin Barlow was a round three pick. LaMichael James was a round two pick. LaMichael James was one of those people that I thought was going to be really good for the 49ers. And he just wasn't. And he just wasn't anything. He was awesome in college. And he just really wasn't anything for the Niners. Ooh, Glenn Coffey. Ooh, that's a that's an excellent pick. Do you even remember Glenn Coffey? I remember his name only because it reminded me of Glenn Coco from, uh, you know. <laughs> 
uh, Mean Girls, and I remember his name, but I don't remember anything he's ever done in the NFL. Yeah, no one does. It's okay. He was like their short yardage back for a hot minute there. But anyway, okay, so your best bets uh, to recap really quick. You had Debo Samuel over, was it 68 and a half total yards? Yep. You had Christian McCaffrey over 79 and a half. 79 and a half rushing yards. And your last one was Brock Purdy over 268. 256.5 passing yards. 256.5. There you go. I had Debo over 15 and a half receiving yards. Christian McCaffrey, again, 79 and a half rush yards. And pretty much, especially with a banged up Geno Smith, any Niners defender you want to get at least one sack in the game. Feel free to pick whoever you want or pick multiple. But if Geno has a uh, groin injury that is that bad, he ain't going to be moving around. The Niners are going to eat. Yeah. The only one, again, we got to bring up Nick Bosa. If you put down a hundred bucks, you only win 50. doesn't feel worth it. doesn't feel worth the risk. Yes. But also he's, they're also telling you that means he's the most likely to get it. So you got to decide, right? What yeah. amount of risk? I, mean, you- I would take $50 happily. Cause it's not right. like you're just, I mean, for those that are confused, you don't bet a hundred and only get 50 back. You get one fifty back. Right. But only 50 that you actually win. And I would happily take 50 bucks. It's just the point. It's a lot riskier than the other. Uh, Heinemann also points out Eric Armstead, probably not going to play in this game for the 49ers. And that he was playing really well for them. So that is significant. But yeah. again, like I said earlier, you, you have so many good players. You should be able to overcome. So does that, that mean Kinlaw is going to have to play more? So that's what Levin and I talked about this week. Um, in theory, yes, but I wouldn't do that if I were the 49ers because you've been really lucky with his knee that it has not flared up this year. It's been a consistent problem for him in his career. He's been in a much more limited role this year, and he's played well in that role, I think, in part because that knee is not asked to hold up for as long. So I don't want to see him get more snaps, even though his play has earned him that, if that makes sense. It's kind of a bad situation for him, but I just I don't want to mess it up. Has his play really earned him that? Yeah, he's been he's been solid. He's been like he hasn't been terrible, which is impressing you, and that's what's sad. It's well, like, it's, oh wow, he's not terrible. Remember when like he like blocked his own like he was like a blocker on defense. Yeah, he was getting shoved around in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, so that's now he's been a he's been a solid backup defensive lineman. No, Why there was he... a game earlier this year where he was like blocking for the other team, basically. Oh, he's like helping them make holes. Remember I was making fun of him. I don't know. I feel like the only reason why we think he's been okay is because he hasn't been terrible. And that's well, if, if you aren't terrible by definition, what are you? Uh, below average. That's <laughs> still better than he has been though. Exactly. But we can call him below average instead of he's been good and earned time. I think he's been okay, but I just okay. don't want to see, just, just stick with it. It's working. It's figure it out. Put Kalia Davis in there. Let him go nuts. That's absolutely fine. Because what you don't want is cluster injuries at that position. If Eric Armstead can't go for a game or two, you can live with it. But if Armstead can't go and Kinlaw can't go, and now Kalia Davis has to be your starter and you got to find a backup to him, you know, that's when you really get into scary situations. Yeah, I agree with that. Keep him, keep him healthy. JJ00 says he's been serviceable, Michelle. That is a good word, JJ. Thank you very much. See, this is why I like Twitch people. Thank you, JJ. Serviceable is the word. We can go with that word. I, I'll, I'll accept serviceable. Do you have a final score prediction? 31 to 14. Yeah, I went 31-20, but I, that's being pretty generous to Seattle, I have to say. Like you said, they're at home. Brock Purdy, now that you've telling me how freaking good Brock Purdy is at home, maybe I'm 
not giving the Niners enough points. But yeah, I think they're going to win. I uh, want to remind everybody, please make sure you join us after the game on the Instant Reaction Show. Levin Black and I will start as soon as the game ends. If you like and subscribe to the channel, hit the little bell. You'll get notified the second we go live, which we're live every single weekday for you. So you definitely want to do that. Also, if you missed it, uh, the crossover podcast is out on YouTube and it's actually out in the audio version now. I talked with Steve Rabel, the radio voice of the Seahawks, about this game. Spoiler alert, he's not very confident Seattle can win it. But we also got into some of the classic moments from the Niners-Seahawks rivalry and uh, some of the moments from his playing career. So Steve is one of the few play-by-play guys that actually played in the league, which was kind of cool too. So make sure you check those out. Antonio says Niners are going to win a thousand to nothing. I take the under on that, but you know, they're still probably win pretty convincingly. What do you got going on this weekend, Michelle? I did want to change my number of the game because I, I actually think they score a lot more than 31. I'll go 38 to, uh, and then a garbage time something. So 38, 17, that's what I'll go. Okay. Is the Ball Blast Football Podcast out for this week? It is. So you can go listen to the Ball Blast Football Podcast. It's on all the, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Ball Blast is one word. But this week I have my kickball playoffs, the championship tonight. So, uh, you know, I might be an adult kickball champion later tonight. The big wow. stuff, big stuff going on. Do I have to pay you more if you win the championship? Oh yeah. I'm going to come with my trophy and everything. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Are you like, how into the kickball are you? It's really, I I'm very competitive. A I'm not very, I'm really good at catching the balls. Like I have really good hands. I'm fast. Uh, kicking is not my thing. I never played soccer. I don't know how to kick. Like I, I know, like how, I know how to throw a football. I know how to throw a kickball and catch. Right. But can't kick. So, but I still really, really want to win, but it's also like, you just go, you have fun with other people and you have some drinks and it's, it's pretty chill overall, but once it gets to the playoffs, we're all going to care and probably get in some arguments and it'll be a fun time. JJ zero zero says that trophy better be in the background of next week's stream. We don't, we don't accept losers on this show, Michelle. Look, there's my trophy back there from fantasy baseball, baby. So let's see a trophy next week. All right. We'll have to win two games tonight because we play the semifinals and the finals tonight. All right. Well, look, losing is not an option. Uh, before we go, Chris, what else is where are you guys at with your preseason bet against one another? I can't remember the parameters of it. Can't wait to see Michelle in a Jawan Jennings jersey. Hmm. We will actually, have to calculate that. I don't know. Yeah, I actually don't uh, haven't looked at it in a while. Um but we'll I'm pretty sure we didn't have either of us picking the 49ers to lose against the Browns. Right. That's, that's the thing. Sure. But we'll see where the final records uh, end up. And of course, yes, we will pay off that bet. If I lose, I got to get a Sam Darnold jersey. If Michelle loses, she has to get and wear. We both have to wear. Wait, I have to like buy a Juwan Jennings jersey. Well, how do you think you're going to get it? God, it better be like 10 bucks. Who wants the Juwan Jennings jersey? Are I'll they even made? Are they even made? Jawan's not sending it to you. I'll tell you that. Um, are they even made? You are so mean to him. I are hope they made? Do people buy Jawan Jennings jerseys? Those are in the store. I just don't, I don't think so. Why not? Yeah, they're $169. I'm looking at it right now. You want the road one or the home one or the throwback? Whatever you he want. He his mom and maybe his sister. Who is buying a Jawan Jennings jersey? Disrespect. I just need to know. You have so many options on that team. And you're like, I need Jawan Jennings. Maybe you like the number 15. Maybe that. Did you ever think of that? That would just be weird. Anyway, 
We'll see how it goes. But again, join us in the Instant Reaction Show. Download the Ball Blast Football Podcast. <laughs> JJ00 has posted the link to the Joan Jennings jersey in the chat. So if you want to buy that, feel free. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you after the game. Bye, y'all. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.